Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
good tidings to you wherever you are. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy new year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, my guest this hour, this is kind of fun. We always try and, on Fridays, do a little something show businessy to start the weekend off early, but with this being Christmas Eve, it's especially fun to have uh, my guest, who has been described as an actor, model, heartthrob. He's appeared in Desperate Housewives, Letters from Iwo Jima, uh, Doctor Who, and he's in a uh, a movie now that's been uh, streaming on Hulu, a, a Hulu Christmas film called Cupid for Christmas. And uh, his name is Ryan Carnes. He joins me by phone. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, as I read about some of the different roles that you've played, you're always described as this scene-stealing, heartthrob, et cetera, et cetera. But in this new movie for the holidays, you're described as the most romantically hopeless person on earth. <laughs> How did you get that role? <laughs> well, uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it's, it's funny how things come to us and, and this one in particular was, it, it was, it was fun because, you know, I didn't, it, it sort of came to me. Um, it was really in, in the middle of the craziness of 2020 and they had actually attempted to shoot this movie in March of 2020 and then Yikes. everything shut down <laughs> and um, it got pushed and, and we were one of the first films back up in, in the, in the U S and, uh, and we shot in July of 2020. And my manager at the time just reached out to me and he said, hey, I've got this, this fun romantic comedy script. I think we might just get a direct offer for you on it. And I said, great. I, I love that. I love offers. So uh, I gave it a read. And I, really, I was really intrigued by it. I thought the, the comedy was great. The characters were really well defined. And I just thought it was a, a really well-written, fun project. And, and uh, you know, I think... Um, I would be lying if I said that, that I had a, a perfect romantic past. I've certainly made my <laughs> mistakes and learned a lot of lessons. And and so, you know, I just tried to borrow on those things and, and recall those times where I felt frustrated or like, like kind of like Charlie in the movie where he's like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting any more attention or energy or focus in that direction. I'm just going to focus on myself. And, and I mean... I've been there, and I think probably most people have been there at times. So, I just, you know, I think always for me, I, I, I try to find links to my own life and, and, and shared experiences that I may have with a character and, and just uh, try, to, try to find the most truth in, in those circumstances. 
Well, this is a fun story. I mean, it it has a little bit of that. It's a wonderful life quality where, you know, Clarence the angel is challenged with, you know, trying to redeem this this guy who wants to commit mm. suicide, and and it it has that element in that there's. Um, it, this revolves around Cupid, of course, thus the name Cupid for Christmas. And Richard Kind, who is just so much fun to watch, is um, a retiring Cupid, and his replacement has a challenge that <laughs> that has to be accomplished by midnight on Christmas Eve. And and you, as Charlie, are the challenge. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, uh, it's uh, such a, a fun story. <laughs> well, yeah, if they're going to describe you as, uh, uh, how did they put it, the most romantically hopeless person on earth. <laughs> I, I don't know how you get that title, if there's uh, uh, an award for it or anything. But um, I want to ask, because you grew up in Illinois and, and started um, acting in college and you were considering a career in the law and and then it seems as i read your bio that all of a sudden you headed out to uh, hollywood and then landed a gig on one of the most popular television shows on tv desperate housewives how did that how did that all happen i i know it reads like that in the bio was it like that in real life well, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, it's it certainly, I'm sure the bio makes it sound uh, much easier and much more glamorous than it actually was. <laughs> there, there's a lot, a lot of luck involved. And, you know, they, there's a saying, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And, and, I, and I think that that's true. And I also think that there's just, there's a lot to be said for being in the right place at the right time. Um, I, I did. I, I, I dropped out of college, moved to Los Angeles. Fortunately for me, I, I had a manager here who was here in Los Angeles waiting for me to arrive and, and you know, get to work right away. It was a process. Uh, you know, I, I got into acting class and, and I, I was pretty bad at first, I think. I, you know, I think my manager saw the raw material there, but without, without, any of the, having, without having gone through any of the refining process, and I got in class and started slowly but surely going on some auditions and, and then got an agent as well. And, and, and I actually booked that Desperate Housewives gig, I think it was cl- almost two years after I arrived in L.A. And by some standards, that would be considered um, pretty quick. Um, by other standards, you know, could be considered a bit slow. Some people, I mean, some people, it's just immediate. <laughs> But when I say the right place at the right time, what a lot of people don't realize is that Roland Desperate Housewives started as a one-episode co-star. I had one scene in one episode of the show, and after I did that and it aired, maybe a month or two later, casting from Desperate Housewives called my manager and said, you know, we're, we're about to go into casting on a new role for the show, and, you know, here's what the role is going to be. It's going to be a confidant for Eva Longoria's character. Um, we were wondering if Ryan might be interested in that role because, you know, everything's moving really quickly and it actually would save us a lot of time. We, we love what Ryan did on the show. Um, 
if he's willing, we'll just kind of plug him in. We'll combine the roles, and, and he'll take over this, this new character that we were planning on casting. And so that's what happened. And not a lot of people know that story. I don't think I've talked about it a little bit, but he really was right place, right time. You know, so, and, and that happens a lot in, in Hollywood. You know, if you show up, if you do a good job, you bring your A game, sometimes really unexpected great things can happen. And you managed to stay pretty busy. I mean, you've had a lot of good gigs. Um, and I mentioned Richard Kind, um, who also appears in this uh, Hulu Christmas film, Cupid for Christmas. <laughs> and he's one of those people who has worked a lot for, for decades. He pops up everywhere. Um, but it seems like you're doing that, too. How much of that is... is um, is luck and how much of it is just being able to get along with people? I think it's both. I think, and I think it's a, a good dose of perseverance too. Uh, you know, I mean, Richard, Richard's iconic, you know, he's, he's played such a wide swath of characters for so many years and, and been in some, some really, really incredible projects. It's really funny. So, it's it's really funny talking about Richard Kind, um, Ryan, because I, I just have this feeling there are listeners who don't recognize his name, but the mm-hmm. minute they saw his face, roles would come rolling back into their heads. You know, Absolutely. because because he's he's been everywhere. Yeah, and he's. Even though, you know, it's a little bit of a spoiler. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to work directly with Richard on the project. We didn't have any scenes together, oh, sadly. Too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was bummed about that. But I, but I purposely, I had actually finished shooting, and I purposely stayed a few extra days in Virginia so I could be around and be on set and watch him work, and I'm so glad that I did because he's, I mean, he's just so good. And, and, and when you see his work in the film, it's just, I mean, he's the perfect Cupid. He's the perfect guy. <laughs> and, and it was a real honor to get to, to watch him. So, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you bring him up because it's, it's nice to pay homage to, to a great actor like him. And I think, go, going back to your question, it is, yeah, it's being able to get along with people. It's showing up with a positive attitude on set. It's, it's, it's asking, how can I serve the project? It's, it's being proactive and, and, and asking, you know, what, what can I give, not what, what can I get? And it's also just, it just takes an enormous amount of, of stubborn stick-to-itiveness. And I mean, I think that's one of the things for me is I don't like being told that I can't do something. Um, and, and more than anything, I like proving to myself that I can do whatever I want to do. So I'm just stubborn enough to stick around. I'm like a cockroach, you know. I'm hard to kill. <laughs> I I don't know that I'd go that far, Ryan. But <laughs> but but Ryan, um, one last thing on Richard Kind, um, because I and I'm glad you said he was so good in the role as as the retiring Cupid, um, because when I read a synopsis of the film. I actually snickered when I read his name and the character he was playing. I could see it before I even saw it. You know what I mean? Mm. It, because he is iconic. But you've become a little iconic for one thing. Um, your role on Doctor Who led to an action figure based on you. <laughs> yes, it did. More with actor Ryan Carnes. 
straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. And the Tom Sumner Program. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with actor Ryan Carnes straight ahead. Ryan, I, I have to admit, that, and now I had I had Bruce Baum on the show, and he was. Um, drawn into care uh, into a cartoon character for the Simpsons. And it, when he was on the show, I had never had anybody who had appeared as a cartoon. I think that you this is the first time I've had a guest on the show who had been made into an action figure. Oh, well I'm honored. Yeah, this is this is like uh new ground. What what's it I have to ask, when you find out you're going to be an action figure, do you go to the first toy store you can find and and pick it up and look at it? <laughs> you know, I, I don't actually remember how that process went. I I don't I, I don't think I don't think I did actually. I think I think someone either sent me one. But, you know, someone I knew or, or a fan or something or or the BBC might have actually sent us one. Uh, I really don't remember. But but what I can say is when I found out that one was going to be made, I was I was I mean, I was very, very excited because I had never had something like that happen before. And I thought, wow, this is this is so cool. You know, like, as a kid, I played with action figures. I played with G.I. Joe's. I, you know, I played with sure. and the Transformers and. And to have gotten the opportunity and the good fortune to be a part of something that, I guess, resonated enough culturally to warrant, or, 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 you know, for the BBC, for the Doctor Who folks to warrant feeling compelled to create an action figure out of a character that I helped bring to life. I mean, it was an incredible honor and, and super fun. And just one of those things that I kind of laughed about, like, wow, I, I never... I never imagined that this would happen, and and here it is. Hey, and you got to play a superhero. I did. Yeah, that was another, a very similar moment of like, wow, didn't didn't see this one coming, but boy, is it sure cool. <laughs> no, it was yeah. a sci-fi, uh, an original sci-fi series, I believe, called The Phantom, and you played the title role. And sadly, it was kind of short-lived. Um, you know, I, I lived in Los Angeles for a short time, and, and I knocked around with a person who had had some success as a screenwriter, and they said mm. that there's there are a lot of great screenplays out there that have never been made. Mm-hmm. And so even getting something made is kind of a big deal. Um, but how, was, it, was it a timing thing? You know, you mentioned... Um, that work on uh, on this current project that's uh, streaming on Hulu now, Cupid for Christmas, started in March of 2020 and, you know, got pandemic mm-hmm. um, 
what what about this phantom thing? Was it was do you think it was a timing thing or you know, that's a that's a great question and it's something that, that I have that I certainly wrestled with at the time when we found out that it that it wasn't gonna go to series and and something that I've thought about off and on over the years because it, it, it does you know, there's I think a lot of actors would say this probably about a lot of projects. Um, I always felt like it was the, the one that got away a little bit because uh-huh. it's probably, it, it's one of, it's one of the favorite things. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever done. And, you know, that was, that was a big, it was a, it was a bit of a heartbreak. It was a disappointment because we, I was held for a year. I was held out of any other work for an entire year while the process played itself out and while we waited to find out if it was going to go to series. And, and, and I really do think in large part it was a timing thing because that was, we made that in 2009 and it aired in 2010. And at the time, if, if I'm correct, and I, I think I am, Supernatural for the CW was the only other superhero show. It was only like series there was a superhero show that was on anywhere at the time. And at the same time, Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix were not what they are today. And so I really believe that had the timing been a little bit different, the, the culturally we would have been, there would have been a stronger desire for it. And I think that also the opportunity for it to have found a home other than maybe the sci-fi network, which was who it was originally made for, I think the likelihood that it that it might have found a home would have been much much higher. Well, so, yeah, the CW exploded pretty soon oh, after yeah. that with Flash and Supergirl and Batgirl and Arrow. I mean, it 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 just yeah. became their their whole lineup. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I really do think that a lot of it had to do with timing and. You know, things like that are, are, are really delicate. And, you know, there, there could have been other factors. I mean, I, I heard some people, um, you know, make make comments about certain aspects of the production. You know, a, a good friend of mine is actually a comic writer. And I remember, and, and we met not too long after that, and, and he he had some feedback about it for me. And he said, you know, I like these things. I didn't like these things. And, and I think there's always going to be those perspectives with any project. And so it's really hard to say what the one or the one or two things were that prevented it from, from being what, what we had hoped it would be and, and, and having the opportunity to really give it a run. But I, I really do believe in, in my heart that a lot of it was the timing. Well, I'm glad you were willing to share all that. And it hadn't occurred to me, Ryan, the, the hold that gets put when something like that is uh, in development and, and that you were just kind of stuck for a little while and and that hadn't occurred to me what happened back in 2020 in march when you know everything was set to go with uh, cupid for christmas and and had to just stop what what were you able to work at all or were you stuck in quarantine like so many of us well so I, because the entire industry shut down for a period of time between about March, yeah, I would say between about March and July for four months. I mean, there was just nothing. Right. And interestingly, uh, and I think I'm at liberty to talk about this, um, 
I so when they were originally planning to make Cupid for Christmas in March of 2020, I wasn't involved with the project. Um, it, it, I hadn't the project hadn't come my way. I hadn't seen it. You know, it hadn't come across my my representative's desk or mine. And I think for whatever reason, once they were ready, they, they got the green light, and once they were ready to go and to shoot it, the original Charlie. I mean, I don't even know who that was. The original guy who was attached to play Charlie fell out for some reason. I don't know if it was um, he was busy doing something else. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, just just concerns about um, how how things were going to go on this, on the shoot. I don't know. Um, but but it came my way, and I'm so glad that it did because uh, I had a great time doing it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I got to to visit with charlie for a little bit well i I, i'm curious ryan you started out of course in in college doing stage work and then got into film and television um do you have any special feeling for any particular medium do you like stage versus film or tv versus film i think that they're they all have for me at least they all have their charm. They all have their attract attractiveness. Um, you know, there's nothing as a musician. One of my favorite things to do in the world is to play a live show. It's just there's just nothing like it. I forgot to and, mention that you you play drums too. Oh yeah yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, I think the the immediacy of a live performance is really uh, it's it's intoxicating. And I can say the same thing about theater. I haven't done a lot of theater, but what I have done, it's, you know, there's, it, it's, it's like walking a high wire. There's, <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing, there's nothing other than hopefully if you have a scene partner on stage, there's, there's nobody and nothing to catch one if they fall and they stumble. And I think that's the beauty about having a scene partner is that, that hopefully everybody is extraordinarily present. And you never really know what's going to happen on the stage because we can't cut, we can't reset, we can't call action again. And so I really love that. And, and at the same time, I also love how much ground is able to be covered in television. You can really tell a, a wide breadth of a story because you, you get an opportunity to, to do it over and over for, for a period of time. And I think with film... I love that film that there's a beginning and a middle and an end and, and sure there's an imagined life of what happens for all of those people at the end of the film when, after the credits roll. But I really like taking my time. I really like, um, having the opportunity to, to, to go a little bit more slowly and to chart a course for a story, to chart a course for a character and, and to be able to have the opportunity and, 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 when when it's afforded the luxury of just having a little bit more time on a set to to explore to try things to play and to really find uh to find the story that is wanting to be told because thing is, there's a story that's told on paper on the script then there's the story that gets told on set during the filming and then there's the story that gets told in the editing room that that results in the finished product and Typically with film, not always, you know, like Cupid for Christmas, we shot that 
we shot that in like three weeks. So that was a fast one. But sometimes films, you know, you get to work on them for five weeks, six weeks, two months, four months. And I just like having more time to play and explore and, and uh, get, get my hands dirty. With um, now, when when did this um, this project uh, Hulu's uh, film Cupid for Christmas? When did it drop? As they say, came out on November twentieth. Okay, dropped on eleven twenty twenty one. Now, will it just be part of the library going forward, or is there a time limit that people need to be aware of to make sure they see it? That's a great question, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, and I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not sure anybody involved in, in production knows the answer to that at the moment. Um, See, as as I, as I, we're talking, as people are listening to us, it's it's Christmas Eve, and I, and I hope it doesn't just fold up right after Christmas or after the end of the year, but it but it will make a really nice rom com for uh, <laughs> for for Christmas Eve. Yeah, I would say that it's a safe bet that it's going to be around through New Year's, through you know, through the, yeah. the holiday season. And the great thing about it is there's a bit of a Valentine's Day element too. So maybe it'll stick around through Valentine's Day. I'm I'm not sure, but I, I guess I would encourage people to to if they want to see it before it goes away, um, you know, get get to Hulu as soon as possible and give it a watch and hopefully. Uh, have some fun and have some laughs and and uh, enjoy the holiday spirit. Are there characters um, that you would like to play, or are you committed to the role that shows up in front of you? Well, I would say both. I think there there are types of stories that that I would like to explore. There are there are certainly. Uh, archetypes of characters that I'd like to to visit and and uh, and get a crack at, and then beyond that, yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm committed to whatever's in front of me, whatever whatever resonates with me, whatever feels like something that that I can contribute to in a positive manner. If I feel like I can add value to something, wh- whether well, I mean. If I feel like I can add value to both the character and the project, I mean, that's really, for me, that's the ultimate litmus test of whether or not it's something that I want to be involved in and ultimately feel that I can, that I can serve. I, I heard a story that um, Lawrence Olivier told Roger Moore once, who was seeking advice, that he should take everything he was offered, and if he was ever lucky enough to be offered two things at the same time, take the one that pays more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's—I think that is a, a good uh, a good creed by which to live in the industry. Um, I haven't said no to a lot of things, though. I have, you know, over the there was a time in maybe the first half of my career. I don't know that I ever said no to anything. Ah, that's not true. I did. I did, but, but not much. And in the past several years, in the past, I don't know, five or six years, I think as I've gotten older and, and lived more life, I, I think it, it's, 
I've just really started to realize the, the importance of time and that it's really the only commodity that we can't get more of. And so, you know, I, I, I try to do my best to both be, be active, be proactive, make myself available, say yes to as many things as I can. And at the same time, um, you know, I think it's really important too to, to, to spend time both in, in, in our personal lives and in our working lives around people that we, that we really like, who are going to, who are positive, who are good influences, who are going to lift us up, who are going to, who are going to, there's going to be a, a, a reciprocal relationship, you know? And, and I think that's the way that I make a lot of my decisions now is, is what can I give? Do I feel like I can add value and, who are the people that I want to spend my time around? Are there some some projects you've done? I, we mentioned the Phantom, but are there some other projects like that that you are that you felt really proud of, but maybe just didn't find its audience that you'd like to share with people so they can maybe look for those performances? Oh wow! Um, that's a and I, and I don't want to put you on the spot, Ryan. You didn't know I was going to ask that, but that's okay. You know, the one thing that comes to mind for me is that there's a project that came out, and I think I think a lot of people did see this, but I think in in the U.S. there's probably a lot of people who haven't seen it just because of the nature of the project and the way it was released. Um, though it was, it was released theatrically here in the U.S. There's a project called La Boda de Valentina that I shot in Mexico uh, a few years ago. And it's... I read about this. It did really, really well in Mexico. It did extraordinarily well in Mexico. Yeah, and it's, it's still, if I'm not mistaken, it's still in the top 10 grossing movies all time in Mexico. Uh, another romantic comedy, a really fun romantic comedy that, that was made as part of this really important, exciting, emerging uh, genre in, in filmmaking known as we, we, we in, in, in the industry, we call it the, like the crossover genre of it's the intersection of, of like the Latin audience and the Latin American audience. Mm. And there are a lot more films like this are being made where they're, they're, they're being made bilingually where there's Spanish in the film as well as English and then there's subtitles for each, you know, depending on if, if you want to actually watch and listen. And it did, it did very, very well in, in Mexico. It did well in the U.S. We just, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't promote it with the same verve and fervor that we did in, in Mexico. But it's a really fun project. Um, it's one that I'm really, really proud of. Uh, the people that I got to work with were exceptional. And I'm still friends with all those people that I worked with. And oh, uh, I would, you know, I would, I would, it's on Amazon. Trump Prime. plans lunch with GOP senators. There and, I'm Sean Campbell, and President Donald Trump would, is planning lunch with GOP. I check out if, they, uh, if, they, if they're looking for some laughs and, uh, and some romance. Now, what's in the works for you going forward? Well, right now. That you can talk uh, about. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. There's definitely some things that, that, are under wraps at the moment. Um, what I can say is uh, I've been I've been working really hard um, on the creative end of things, 
in in development on some projects, um, some of which I'm involved in as a writer, some of which not, but I'm I'm a part of the the creative development of the projects. Um, so, so a couple of really exciting things I think that that, that may be coming down the pike in 2022. And um, working on some music, actually, with my, my music collaborator, who's, who's based out in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, she and I are going to be releasing a single sometime in the spring, maybe February or March, and ultimately releasing an EP a little bit later on, probably ideally in late spring. So we're, we're hard at work on, on the music stuff and feeling good and excited about some of that a music video in January for one of those singles. So I'm excited to, to share that and, and to be able to talk a little bit more about that in the new year. Well, Ryan, keep me in the loop. And anytime you want to come by and talk about stuff you're working on, I'd love to have you. You've been a delight, a pleasure, and an honor to spend time with today. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm delighted to be here and spend time with you and and really appreciate you having me on the show and taking the time to to let me share about it for christmas and everything else that i've been up to ryan one one last thing i always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know how they can find out more about you and your work past present and future do you have a website I have a website. I'm so glad you asked. I have a website that is under construction and that is very close to completion. I hear that a lot, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really funny. Websites really are one of those things that people are like, oh, yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I've, I've been, this has been in the works for a while. I've been on, I've been on working on this one for a little bit now. So in early 2022, I will have a website. It's going to be ryancarnesofficial.com, I believe, or .net, one or the other. But it's Ryan Carnes Official, and I'm going to have a website up and running and available. And um, other than that, social media, I'm Instagram and Twitter, ryancarnes1, the number one. Yeah. People can find me there. Well, Ryan, thanks uh, again, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. All right. Take care. Okay. You too, Tom. Thanks. Bye. Uh, The name of the movie is um, Cupid for Christmas, streaming on Hulu. And uh, my guest, um, Ryan Carnes, plays Charlie, who is described as the most romantically hopeless person on earth, although that's not the case with Ryan. Um, Anyway, we're going to Take a short break. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Hi, this is Tom Bodette from Manger 6. We know you've been traveling a lot this holiday season, and you've probably been told there's no room at the inn. Well, that's just not the case here at Manger 6. Why, for just 29 drachma, we'll put you up in a warm, comfortable stable with plenty of fresh milk for the newborn. There's even individual stalls for your mules, camels, or whatever you happen to be driving across a desert. And in case unexpected visitors decide to drop in on you, shepherds, wise men, holy ghosts, it's not a problem at Manger 6. There's plenty of frankincense and myrrh to go around. This is Tom Bodette from Manger 6 reminding you, there's always room at this inn. 
We'll even leave a star hey. out for you. <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hornets. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to AmericanSchismBook.com. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkle I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his sack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the head on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose.
He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down on a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. That wraps it up for this 2021 Christmas Eve edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I wish you a very happy holiday. We'll be back next week with a look back at 2021 all week long with some very special guests. But I want to thank today's guests uh, from Hulu's Cupid for Christmas. It's star Ryan Carnes. Before that, we had uh, sci-fi uh, author A.K. Fraley talking about her book Old Earth Melchior Encounter. And we started out with uh, Proof of Santa's Existence with um, author... Uh, shoot, I completely lost his name. Tom German. Author of Santa Claus Worldwide. Anyway, I told you it wrapped it up, and uh, I got to get out of Prudence's way. Good night, everybody. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and pencil sketch recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. 
This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.